So, Father, we lift up every person that's watching online, those that are under the sound of my voice, and we give ourselves over to you. Father, you speak through my vocal cords and think through my mind, operate through my limbs, that your glory, your power, your anointing, your favor would flow today. We declare burdens removed, yokes destroyed, lives changed, souls saved. Dead dreams will be reignited today. Things that people thought were were gone, you're going to resurrect things in their heart, in their mind, and in their lives. And you're still going to bring it to pass because you're a God who loves us. And so, Father, we're ready to receive in Jesus' name. And we all said amen Amen. and amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise one more time. Those of you that are at home, listen, we love you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I'll tell you what, like I said, there was just this this praise and worship. I don't know about y'all, but it's like, you know, uh, Dean, during the pandemic, when we couldn't come together, yeah, could we worship at home? Yes, we worship at home. But, but it's just not the same. Sometimes when you, you, you should forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Those of you that are watching at home, I understand. If you're far away from one of our campuses, I understand. But if you have the ability to come back, say come back. There's something about just being in the presence of God. The Bible says, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then will the earth release her increase. Even God, even our God shall bless us. Something happens when all the people are praising God. Something happens when everybody in the house, it just happened a few minutes ago. And like, it's like you just, like you have to stop. You are arrested in the spirit. And, and so you just, it's like that. in that moment, nothing you came here, nothing you thought about while you was driving here, nothing you thought about this week, none of that matters in the presence of God. And you are just worshiping God and you're not asking him for anything and you're not praying about anything and you are just resting in the presence of God. You ever been there? Come on, give God some praise for his love and his presence. Hallelujah. Listen, for those of you that don't know, maybe you're not a member of Victory, maybe you're you're not sure, you don't understand kind of what we're flowing in right now. On New Year's Eve, the Spirit of the Lord spoke through our pastors, our apostles, Tony and Cynthia Brazelton, and on New Year's Eve, the Spirit of the Lord said that this season, this year, 2023, would be a year of refreshing, say refreshing, refreshing and restoring for us. So not just refreshing where, where things that were dead would be revived, but, but restoring to where, watch this, whatever you lost along the way, look at somebody say, I'm going to get it back. Yeah, yeah, this is a season of restoration and restitution and whatever the enemy took, we're going to get it back and he's going to have to pay it back with interest. Say amen to that. So, 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 yeah, we, we are believing God in this season. We're standing on the word that we receive from our man and woman of God. We're standing on Psalms 126 and verse 4. This is a scripture you're going to hear all year at VCMI. This is what the Bible says from the Passion Translation. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, do it again. Do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Listen, I know. I know that 2022 was a challenging year for a lot of people. I know that actually going all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, once people stopped coming to church, once people stopped coming uh, into the sanctuary, it's like some people lost something along the way. Say they lost something. 
And then, then we had all of the stuff going on with the economy. And then it was like the U.S. was going crazy with social unrest. And now we're coming back. And then 2022 was a year for us to come back. We were coming back to church. But, but for a lot of people, things just were not the same. But guess what? We've crossed over into a season where God is saying, now this is your season. This is your time. I am going to refresh you and I am going to restore you. I am going to refresh you. Watch this. To the former glory. Say former glory. God is bringing us back to the former glory where every dry heart will be drenched again. A few minutes ago, the praise and worship team was singing about the rain falling down. I'm talking about, say this, say, 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 say no dry areas. No dry areas for me. Whatever was dry, whatever you lost, you're going to get it back. Whatever you lost in this season, I'm telling you, that like that spring in your step that you used to have, right? That smile on your face, that, that song in your heart. You know what I'm saying? That praise on your lips. Say, I'm going to get it back. Say, I have it back now. Amen, amen. Along the way, we're going to get this thing back. Uh, uh, pa Pastor Tony said this. He said, adversity is training for reigning. Adversity is training for reigning. Well, if that's true, and it's true, a lot of us have been in class. You know what I'm saying? We've been in school. So we've been going through some stuff. It's like we've been, yeah, but we've been trained. And so, so say this. Say, I've been trained. I'm ready to reign. Yeah, yeah, I've been through the training. I went through that, whatever I went through from the pandemic to now. And so, Lord, I thank you for seeing me through it. Lord, I thank you for every lesson that you gave me. Lord, I thank you for preparing me for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you for going through the adversity. And in the middle of it all, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. There's blood still flowing through my veins. There's air still flowing through my lungs. There's a praise on my lips. Come on now. I've been trained for such a time as this. This is a season of refreshing. This is a season of restoring. In January, Pastor Tony started teaching, and for whatever reason, I was sitting right there. He just said a bunch of times in his messages, God is not a man. He kept repeating, God is not a man. He kept reminding us that the God that we serve, he's not a man. He kept saying, listen, I want you to know that God is not a man. I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? He said, God is not a man. Look at somebody say, God is not a man. Where do we get that from? We get that from Numbers 23 and 19. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. God will never have to repent for anything because God is God. God is not, not a man. Why? God can't lie. God is incapable of lying. If God said this carpet is blue, it would turn blue. You know what I'm saying? God can't lie. And so God is not a man. And so as I was meditating on that, Jake, I was like, Lord, what do you want to talk about? Remind people that I'm not a man. Remind people that what I said shall come to pass in their lives. Remind people that every promise that I spoke over them is still good. Now, listen, now I want you to know something. Maybe you messed up along the way. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the devil caused you to get into guilt and shame and condemnation. Maybe you gave up on it. Maybe you stopped thinking about it. Maybe you took it off of your vision board. But if I said it, it's still good. Say God is not a man. God, no, 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 no. If God said it, then it's still good. Pastor Tony was preaching. He reminded us of Jeremiah chapter 1 and 12. What do you think God does all day? One of the things that God does all day, Dean, is God watches over his word to perform it. God is looking at you. God is watching over you. And when he looks at you, watch this. The Bible says, uh, the Bible says in the new covenant that, that even when we are faithless towards God, God remains faithful towards us. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. 
When he looks at you, Georgia, he says, no, 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 I can't deny who I made Georgia to be. I can't deny what I've spoken over Georgia. I can't deny what I decreed over Georgia from the foundations of the world. Even when Georgia's acting crazy, my word is still good. Come on now. Why? Yeah, listen, listen. Why? Because I'm not a man. And now, now here's the thing. You know, people, people will write you off. Yeah, 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 yeah. You say, you keep saying one thing to people and, and they're not doing it. You keep saying one thing to people and they're not doing it. After a while, they're just going to say, forget you, forgot you, never thought about you. God, will, they, these people will write you off. But God says, I'm not a man. I know that you haven't been faithful, but my word is still true. I know, I know, I know. During the pandemic, you didn't praise me like you used to praise me. But my word is still good. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you haven't gotten back to where you used to be, but watch this. This is my season to restore you to the former glory and even greater glory because I'm not a man. I'm not holding what you did against you. I'm not holding your, your, I'm not holding your future hostage to your past. I'm not holding your future hostage to your performance. I'm not, I'm not holding it against you. Because why? Because I love you. And matter of fact, watch this. Watch this, son. Watch this, daughter. I already knew all the stuff you was going to do when I gave you the promise. And I'm not a man. I'm not holding it back. I am ready even right now. I'm ready. I, listen, while I'm preaching today, listen, I preach logos. Say logos. At the same time, the Holy Ghost releases rhema. Say rhema. Logos is the written word of God. Rhema is a spoken word of God. So while I'm preaching Logos, the Holy Ghost is saying Rhema. So I'm saying stuff, but at the same time, the Holy Ghost is saying stuff. And so, so you're going to hear things that I didn't say. And while I'm preaching, the Lord is going to bring things back. He's going to remind you, Shawana, of stuff that was 12 years ago, and you, you forgot about it. And the Lord is going to bring it back to your remembrance. Why? Because he basically he's saying, I'm going to still do it. I'm going to still bring it to pass. You forgot about this, but I didn't forget about it. Why? Because I'm not a man. Now, people down here, they will forget about it, and they just move on with their lives. But I am more dedicated to you than you're dedicated to you. I, I am God. You know what I'm saying? And besides me, there is no other. Say, God is not a man. I'm telling you, God loves you. God wants to do everything he promised. Every prophecy that was spoken over your life as a child. Okay, it doesn't matter that you went wayward. It doesn't matter that you spent years in the world. It doesn't matter that you did all of these things that you don't even want to talk about. You don't even want to remember. You know what I'm saying? But God is saying every promise I spoke over you is still good. It shall come to pass. Why? Because God is not a man. Now, here's the thing about Numbers 23 and 19. So Numbers 23 and 19, watch this. So, so watch this. God is saying, God, God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will perform it. If he said it, if he declared it, he will make it good. Right? So watch this. So let's say Jake and I are friends. We've been friends for 28 years. Let's say I say to Jake, Jake says to me, hey, Pete, uh, next Saturday, I need you to show up to this thing, 9 o'clock in the morning. All right, cool. I'll be there. I say I'll be there. Now watch this. Once, now if I say to him, watch this. If I say to him, oh, hold on, I'm not sure. Let me check my calendar. Until I give him a promise, the best he can do is hope. His wife says, hey, is Pete coming? I, I hope so. Why? Because he hasn't called me back yet. 
The best you can do, if you don't have no promise from God, is hope. Some people are just a hoping and a wishing. But when you get a promise, I text him and I say, hey, Jake, I'm going to be there. 9 a.m. I'll be there 9 a.m. Now, once I give him, watch this, my word, now he can have faith in me. Because faith is tied to my word. And his faith in me is going to be based on two things. Say two things. My character and my track record. So if I say, hey, I'm going to be there at 9 a.m., he's going, okay, well, let me check the character. Uh, uh, Brother Pena doesn't have a, a, a history of saying one thing and then doing something else. Right, right, right. And so, okay, 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 that's character. What about track record? Oh, he has a proven track record. We've known each other for almost 30 years. And so based on my character and based on my track record, he can have faith. Now, somebody else could say, hey, I'm going to be there, but he knows that that other guy will show up, but he's just not going to be on time. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know, there's some people that prove to you, right, like that they'll show up. But they just ain't going to be on time, you know. And so, 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 so based on that character and track record, that's how you believe. Right, now, so watch this, watch this. I can say I'm going to be there and then something comes up. That was unforeseen to me. And because it was unforeseen to me, now I can't come. Because it was unforeseen to me. Because I'm a man. But God is not a man. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? Nothing is unforeseen to God. Nothing catches him off guard. If God said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he will make it good. He has to make it good. He has to make it good. And, and it's not like anything can come up to cause God to change his mind. It's nothing. He, he cannot repent. He will not change his mind. Why? Because God knows all things. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows your words before you speak them. He knows your actions before you take them. And based on all of that, based on his foreknowledge, he spoke and he spoke Isaiah 46 and 10. He spoke the end from the beginning. So now what we have to do is we have to believe what God said. And then watch this. Faith, say this. Say faith, faith. is voice activated. Voice oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. So faith is voice activated. So believing what God said, that's one thing. Watch this, Manny. But then I need to say what God said. Out loud, in faith, without wavering, at the risk of looking foolish. And then when I say what God said, Lord, I, don't I took you public. Now, I'm going to say what God said until I see what God said. Say amen to that. Amen. And while I'm waiting on God to do what he said, I cannot be moved by what I see. Right. Say this, say this. Those of you that are watching at home, say this, say this. Say, I will not allow, will not allow what, I see what I see to change what I say. No, 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 no. I'm going to say what God said until I see what God said. Why? Because God is not a man. If he said it, he has to perform it. If he declared it, he has to make it good. Say amen to that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now I can get started. All right. Hallelujah. So let's go over. I want us to take a look at today as an as a example of all of this. Uh, John chapter 11. Y'all familiar with the story of Lazarus? Y'all, okay, okay, so in John chapter 11, in Lazarus, 
uh, I want us to take a look at some things. Oh, let me just mention this because Pastor Tony said this, and I want to I remind you of what he said. He said some people launched out in faith only to realize that what they were doing was not faith at all. Oh, let me just park my car right there real quick. Take two minutes on this one, James. All right, so, so some people launched out in faith only to find out what they were doing was not faith at all. And so, so what they were doing is that they had high expectations based on selfish desires. Oh, okay. So James said, you have not because you ask not. That's James 4. But he went on to say, but then again, you do ask and you don't get it because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Another translation says selfish desires. So watch this. God is obligated to perform his word in your life. But God never signed up to give you whatever you want. God is not some type of sugar daddy. So, so watch this. Your future, Pastor Tony reminded us, your future has already been written. So it's not for you to get out here and try to rewrite it. It's, it what we have to do is discover what he already gave us from the foundations of the world. And so some people say, I tried faith and faith didn't work. No, faith tried you and you didn't work because you was asking for stuff that you came up with and it was in your heart and not the heart of God and the church said amen. amen. All right, all right, all right. Let me just kind of leave that right there. All right, now, John chapter 11. Say John chapter 11. All right, so in John chapter 11, uh, uh, we know the story, a very familiar story, uh, but we're going to glean some things from it today. So in John chapter 11, let me begin. Uh, in verse 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but we'll go through a few verses here and there. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. John chapter 11, beginning at verse 1 from the NIV. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus lay sick, was the same one who had poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, the one who you love is sick. Say, Lord, the one who you love is sick. First thing I want to glean from this, number one, I'm going to give you a bunch of nuggets. Here's the first one. You should appreciate your personal relationship with God. So, so listen, Mary and Martha, they had the ability to send word to Jesus directly. Other people had to wait for Jesus to come to their town. Other people, like the woman with the issue of blood, was like, what? What is that? The miracle worker. Other people, had, like Zacchaeus, had to go up into the tree. Other people just had to wait. They didn't know Jesus like that. But Jesus stayed at their house. Jesus stayed in their home whenever he came to the area of Jerusalem. He stayed in Bethany with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So he had a personal, say personal. He had a personal relationship with them. Let me just pause right here to say this. This same God who is not a man, this same God that created everything from the foundations of the world, the God who spoke to chaos and created order, the God who spoke to light, uh, to darkness and created light, that very same God has an intimate relationship with you if you're born again. And so you should make use of that relationship. Mary and Martha sent word directly to Jesus, and then they slid this in there real quick. Hey, Lord, the one you love is sick. Not, not, not just anybody, but I want you to know, listen, when you know, say this, say this. Say, God loves me. Say, God loves me. Say, God loves me, and I know it. When you know that God loves you, you pray with a whole nother level of confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, I'm, fa I'm God's favorite. 
I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm God's favorite. You know what I'm saying? And so, so, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the Apostle John. The Apostle John, when he's writing, he's writing the other people they wrote different styles. The Apostle John is writing, and when he writes about himself, he talks about Andrew said this, Peter said that, and then the one God loved, the one Jesus. He's talking about himself, y'all. He's like, I'm the one. See, when you know that God loves you, when you know, listen, you have this, there was like, hey, Let's send word to Jesus. Then they went over to their brother, and they was like, don't worry, baby. We already sent word to Jesus, and you know Jesus loves you. Jesus loves him some Lazarus. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, come on now. Jesus loves him some Lazarus. So you need to take advantage of your personal relationship with God. Say amen to that. All right, so, so number two, their confidence came from the fact that they knew that they were God's beloved. They, their confidence came from the fact that they, they knew that they were the ones that God loved. Here's verse four. When he heard this, Jesus. Jesus said, this sickness, verse 4, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. This sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Let me pause right here and just say this, because sometimes people miss the fact That in this amazing story, and after he raises this man from the dead, we know the story. After four days, his body was was stinking and rigor mortis was sinking in. After all of that, a fame went out because of this miracle. But in the middle of it, God had to use a family that he loved. We don't like to talk about that. We don't like to talk about how God had to pick a family. He didn't pick any family because another family couldn't handle it. Who did he pick? The people closest to Jesus. Whenever Jesus left his ministry headquarters in Capernaum and would travel all the way down to Jerusalem, they stopped in Bethany. Where did they stay? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. The people closest to Jesus was the ones that he entrusted with this level of breakthrough, but it also was this level of pain. If it's true that God will not allow you to face more than you can handle, then if you're facing it, it's because you can handle it Not only that, not only that, let me take it to another level. If I'm facing it, God trusts me with it. You got to look in the mirror and say, Jake, there was a time you would say to your spouse, babe, there was a time where this thing would have destroyed me. There was a time when I got this email that I would would be pulling my hair out. There was a time where I, I would lose sleep over this thing. But my God, look where we at now. This is going to be a great testimony. Jesus saw the end from the beginning. Jesus saw. Here's number three. Rest in the fact that God knows the end from the beginning. God knows what he's doing. God knows that he has a plan. God knows what he's doing in my life. Listen, when it doesn't look like it's working, God is still working. God is always working. Say, God is always working. God is moving pieces around on the chessboard of my life. I may not know what he's doing, but I have to know that God knows what he's doing. God knows everything, and God is always working. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved this family, y'all. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Now let's go to Judea. And we know the story. When he showed up, 
he had been dead for four days. Now, it's interesting. Let me read this again. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It's like the Apostle John is just trying to remind us. Hey, guys, he's not trying to hurt these people. He loves these people. But still, when he heard, now, we know the story. He could have just spoken to Dean. We know what he did with the Roman centurion. When he heard, he could have just said, be healed. And healing would have went and Lazarus would have jumped out of the bed. But he didn't. He could have gone as soon as he heard, like he did in other occasions. But he didn't. He stayed where he was for two more days. And he didn't even show up until he had been dead for four days. Bishop T.D. Jakes told us a long time ago, delay does not mean denial. That's number four. That just because I'm delayed, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be denied. Here's the thing, though. We oftentimes have this expectation of God, and for us, we want it now. Say now. If I, if I say, look at your neighbor, say, say I receive it now. You're going to high-five four people. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it now. Say now, now, now. Now, everybody, we want our breakthrough, and we want it now. We want patience, and we want it now. You know what I'm saying? Right? Every, every, for us, it's always now. Look at something. Say, say now. Matter of fact, Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith. Faith is always now. Look at somebody. Say now. Now, yeah, but the problem with that is that, that, that we got to understand God's sovereignty and his timing. And our watch of expectation has to be set to God's clock of manifestation. And when our watch of expectation is not based on God's clock of manifestation, then we get frustrated like they did. Later, we're going to hear, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that's how we get, we get upset because we want it and we want it now. And listen, but say God is not a man. God is not a man. God knows what he's doing. Calm down. God is still God. During the pandemic, we had to remind people, listen, nothing has changed. God still sits on the circle of the earth. Every promise God has spoken over my life is still going to come to pass. Yeah, yeah, God is still watching over his word to perform it. God is still going to make it good. Come on now. Say, calm down. God is not a man. You got to chill out. Jesus stayed where he was. God knows what he's doing. Look at somebody say, God knows what he's doing. Listen, listen, you got to, you got to, there's faith, say faith. faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known, right? Dawn, faith begins where the will of God is known. So I can have faith when God speaks. But when I don't know what God is doing, I still have to trust him. When, when, when I don't know, when I don't understand, I got to cross over from faith to trust because I have to believe in this. This is what I believe. I either, I believe that while I don't know what God is doing, I don't know when he's going to do it. I don't know when because he didn't tell me when. I don't know how because he didn't tell me how. But I do know this. What do I know? It's going to be good. <laughs> I know that. I know. All I know. Listen, what I know is my God is a good God. Come on now. I know his plans for me are better than my plans for me. I don't even know. I don't know how because he didn't tell me. I don't know when because he didn't tell me when. I kind of think I know what. The problem with that is that when God finally does it, his what is better than my what? He, he, he has this way of exceeding my wildest imaginations. He has this way of exceeding my, my everything I went through. It's like God says, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. You know, like, like I, I 
I wasn't even expecting all of this, God, but you're doing it in such a way. And so we have to trust the timing of God. God knows exactly what he's doing because God is not a man. He stayed where he was for two more days. While, while they were freaking out, uh, Jesus was chilling out. Say God is not a man. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. They kept saying, don't worry about it, baby. You, you could be healed at any time. It can happen, and it can happen at any time. He, uh, Jesus might come. Jesus may not even come. You know, he could just say, heal, and you'll be healed. So, so they kept walking over to the bed. Shawana, is it, you, you still in the bed? Yeah, he's still in the bed. Oh, okay. And then they kept walking over, and they kept checking on him, and they kept getting a, get, get me a cool towel. Give me a cool towel. And put, yeah, baby, don't worry. Jesus is on the way. We don't send word. You know, he loves you. He loves him some Lazarus. But when he stopped breathing... They stop believing. And you got to remember that God is not a man. God doesn't have to do it the way you think he's going to do it. God doesn't have to do it in your timing. God doesn't doesn't have to do it the way you expected him to do it. If God is going to do it, God God is going to do it however God is going to do it. Verse 11. And once he had heard this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. This is what he said to his disciples. Uh, But I'm going to go and wake him up. And the disciples, half the time, these jokers were clueless. They were like, Lord, he's sleeping. That's good. You know, if he ain't feeling good and you take a nap, you know what I'm saying, you feel a lot better. Hey, that's some good stuff right there. Get some sleep. Go, Lazarus. Sleep, Lazarus. Jesus like, no, man, what is wrong with y'all? He said to them plainly, verse 14, Lazarus is dead and for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there so that you would believe. This, he said, listen, this thing happened. I'm not, ha- I'm not happy that it happened to this family, but I'm happy that it happened because sometimes you need to see stuff. Listen, we serve a God. You can't just know God from a book. You, you, you have to have experiences with God. He was saying, listen, he, watch this. He was saying, you guys were there. You were there when I stopped the funeral procession, right? And, and there was this woman, her husband had died and now her son died. And now in that society, she was all messed up because she had no man in the house. And so she's weeping. And she's crying, Jesus, stop the funeral procession. Raise the boy out the coffin. You know what I'm saying? And you guys were there. You was there. You was there when I went to Jairus' house. And I said to the little girl before I said, she's just sleeping. They started laughing at me. Y'all was there when I kicked them jokers out. At least Peter, James, and John was. And I said, little girl, arise. And she got out. But, but, but in Jewish tradition, they thought that the spirit of a man hovered over the body for three days. And so, so, so there were some people that would think maybe that the funeral procession, maybe he wasn't really dead. Maybe Jairus. Jairus' daughter, where Jesus said she was sleeping, maybe she, she wasn't there. No, 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 no. Watch this, watch this. We serve a God that, that wants maximum glory out of every situation. We serve a God that wants maximum glory. He will wait till the situation gets so bad that you cannot confuse it with anybody else. He will wait. No, no, no. I don't want you giving no credit to nobody. I don't want you thinking you did this. I don't want want you thinking the lawyer did this. I don't want you thinking the bank did this. No, 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 no. God will wait till your situation gets so bad. He said, I'm glad I wasn't there because y'all saw me pop heads off a fish and another head grew. Y'all was there when we walked on water. Y'all was there when I raised that. Y'all was there when I raised that one. But listen, this one is going to be a whole nother level. For I am glad that I was not there so y'all can believe. He wasn't talking to to the crowd. Jesus had the 5,000. He wasn't talking to them. Jesus had the 70. He wasn't talking to them. He had the 12. These people was with him every day and he was saying, y'all don't even believe like you need to believe. Say, God is not a man. 
God, God is talking to somebody today. You've been in church longer than you can remember. But you used to believe, and then life happened. You used to believe, and then things just happen. You have babies, you get married, you get a divorce. Life happens. You don't worship like you used to worship. But you're here. I'm still in church, though. I'm still in church, though. I'm here. God's saying, I'm glad it happened. I want y'all to believe. God is saying, you're going to believe again. God is going to restore us to this former glory. Every dry area, I don't know who I'm talking to online, every dry area in your heart, not, not shall be wet, the text says shall be drenched again. I'm talking about streams of refreshing. I'm talking about streams of restoring. I'm talking about God bringing us back, not just to, to the way it used to be, but even to a greater level of glory. Like, like in this season, in 2023, God is not just going to take me back to take me back. He's going to take me back to take me forward. And I'm going to go higher. And I'm going to go deeper. And I'm going to go stronger than I've ever been. Why? Because this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. God knows what he's doing. God knows exactly what he's doing. He told them Lazarus is dead, but I'm going to go and wake him up. Verse 21, verse 21. So he shows up. He, he goes and sees Martha. I'm not going to break this down too much. I could break this down. I don't, we'll see what happens maybe next week. Verse 21, the, the Bible says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Let me say something to you. Look at me. Look at me. I don't care what you're going through. Your situation is not over until God says it's over. I don't care how dead it looks. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care like all human hope could be gone. I don't care. Listen, we have a hope. Romans 5 and 5 says we have a hope that does not disappoint. In the world, Shawana, they say, oh, well, I don't want to get my hopes up. You know, because, you know, then I'm going to be disappointed. No, no, no. We have a hope that does not disappoint. I don't care what it looks like. It's not over until God says it's over. And so, so you got to believe God. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I don't have time to deal with this. I, I, I debated if I wanted to deal with this, but I would just have to move on from what Martha said. Because then Jesus is like, well, I'm here now. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth God, he, 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 yeah, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Oh, Lord, I believe that you're going to live in the last day. No, stop giving me that lip service. Do you believe? Anyway, so I don't want to get too deep into Martha. Let me just say this about Mary and Martha, and then I'll move on. One was a worshiper. One was a worker. One was a worker. One was a worshiper. You remember when Jesus was in the house teaching? One was at his feet worshiping. The other was in the kitchen doing dishes. And, 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 and both work and worship are required, but you don't want to do one when you're supposed to be doing the other. And so the worker said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus had a whole conversation. He was getting nowhere with her. Forget you. Let's go. He goes to the other sister. But this one is different. Say she's a worshiper. She comes out. She said the same sentence. But she didn't say it the same way. Now, I know they've been talking because they said the same thing. You know what I'm saying? They've been talking. They've been talking. But one, one is a worker, one is a worshiper. She came out and she fell at Jesus's. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
I'm telling you, worship puts you in a position to activate your relationship with God. She fell at Jesus' feet, and she said the same thing. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus was like, take me to where he is. And the Bible says Jesus wept. We serve a God that has moved with our worship. Say this, say, my worship touches God. Say, my worship touches God. And so, so then he said this. I, I, I'm almost out of time. Let me, let me give you two final points. He says this. He says, take me to where you placed him. In other words, he was saying, come on, I know, I know this is painful. I know this is difficult. I, I really would rather you not have to go through this, but, but there's some greatness that's going to come out of this thing. But listen, listen, I'm looking at the bigger picture, but I know it hurts, and it hurts me too. It hurts me that you're hurting. But he says this, in order for me to do what I got to do, you got to take me and give me access to your place of pain. I'm talking to people that gave up on God. I'm talking to people that gave up on dreams. Look at me I, 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 online. I'm talking to people that you're not believing anymore. And God says, I want to, you, you've been hearing all year, restore. God, God is going to refresh. God is going to revive. God is going to renew. But God can't do it unless you give me access to your place of pain. You got to take me, watch this, to where you stop believing. You got to bring me. Jesus was like, take me, take me there, take me, take me there, take me there. And on the way, on the way, on the way, you can't let your feelings get in the way. On the way, the worshiper is like, come on, Jesus, the worker gets in the way. Martha says, no, no, the body stinketh by now. Lord, I don't even want to deal with that. We've already been mourning. Rigor mortis is sitting in. We've been mourning for four days. I don't even want to talk about that no more. It's too painful for me to think about. And Jesus is like, no, I need you to give me access to your place of pain. And then, and then when they get there, when they get to the place of pain, Jesus says this, and I'm going to close with this point. He says, I'm ready to do it. But you have to roll away the stone. He said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm ready to do it. But I'm not the one that's going to roll away the stone. He says, I'm ready to do it. But you, you have to roll away the stone. You have to give me access to that place of your heart. I'm ready to refresh it. Every dry area in your heart drenched again. But I can't do it. Unless you roll away the stone. I can't do it unless you give me access to it. Listen, he said, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, Lord, Father, I thank you. I'm here. I can say Lazarus, come forth. But I'm not going to do it until you roll away the stone. That thing that you closed years ago. That thing that you gave up on, it was dead. Matter of fact, Apostle Cynthia uh, uh, and Apostle Tony, they called and they said, Isabella, I want you to teach this Bible study on resurrecting dead dreams. This Bible study that she's teaching on, why? Vision and resurrecting their dreams. What is God doing? God is restoring. God is refreshing. But he can't do it unless you roll away the stone. You have to give him legal access to your heart. 
And I know it's painful. And I know you don't even want to think about it. And I know you don't even want to talk about it. And I know years ago you closed it. Years ago you sealed it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I move on. Forget it. That's, that's what happened. That was a period of my life. Shawana, let me tell you something. Mm, I don't know. I, know. I don't really talk. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to say it. Why? Because I, I've closed that part of my life. And God is saying, no, I promised you some stuff. And while Rick Pena's talking, I keep bringing it up. Why? Because I need you to roll away the stone. If that's you, run to the altar. Run to the altar. Those of you that are online, if that's you, I want you to stand up. We're going to pray for y'all. Come. If that's you, uh, come to the altar. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm talking about God is not a man. God can do anything. God is He can do anything. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody at the altar. We're just going to pray one prayer over everybody. The praise and worship team can come back out. But if that's you, come quickly, come quickly. God is not a man. God still wants to do it. God still wants to manifest it. God still wants to restore it. God wants to refresh you and revive you. 